Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Hi everybody and happy Easter to you. It's fantastic to have you with us together today as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's our hope, He's our love, He's our life, He's absolutely everything. I just want to say a special welcome to you if you're with us for the first time. It's fantastic to have you here. And wherever we are, whatever age we are, I just want to say it's our privilege to have you joining with us today. Just like to welcome up now my incredible husband, Glenn Fraser, to come and bring the word. Good morning, everyone. Hey, today I'm going to be talking about the greatest comeback. You know, when I was a teenager, I used to get around in this amazing, actually slightly ugly Mark II Cortina. You could Google it, it's one ugly car anyway. And one day I was driving uh, towards Mount Thomas. We were going to go on a hike. I had my mum in the car with me and um, you turn off the main road onto a shingle road and that's how you do the last couple of Ks as you go to Mount Thomas. And so I was doing pretty good for the first 200 metres on this shingle road. Uh, You know, I was doing about 80 Ks an hour. We were cruising and then the road just does a slight veer to the right and I'd made it about 80% through this veer and then it just got a little tricky. You know, the car just started, just got a little shimmy going on, you know, with the car. I don't know if you've driven on shingle before. It got this wee shimmy and then like within milliseconds, it went to this full on cha-cha and we're like one minute we're like looking at the cows and then we're looking at the paddock and then we're looking at the mountain and and I was like I'm I'm losing control of the car and, and the car had taken on this whole life of its own as it was fishtailing down the road and then we left the road and we were careering over this grass we did about 50 metres on grass and then we came to a like a big stop right in front of this uh, fence post and there's just a cow sitting there on the other side of the fence just just like chewing, and we're like, eh, oh, man, full of adrenaline. I was really excited and scared, and I don't know if you've ever lost control of something that you uh, you thought you were in control of, if you've ever lost control of a vehicle before, but you know, if you've ever lost control of a car, you know, there's some things that you can do uh, to actually regain control, and I ran this past a local driving instructor, thank you Johnny, to see if this was correct or not, and so what you do is that you, firstly, you, you look ahead to where you want the car to go, so if you're going this way, you want to be going that way, you're like, look. And then, then gently, the second thing that you do is that you, you turn the steering wheel to where you want to go as well. And then thirdly, you get a grip. Basically, that is whatever you are doing with the throttle or the brakes, you, you do a little bit less of that. And so you can return the, the grip to the, to the wheels. Uh, and, and that's how you respond if you, were, if you lose control of your vehicle. Who knew that you would learn that at church today? But, but you did. But what about those things that we lose control of, that, the, the things that we thought were like sure things, the, the things that we thought we'd never lose control all of that. Maybe that's just like your routine recently. I mean, that's been our routine's been pretty dramatically uh, interrupted, and and maybe you've lost control of your personal space. Like I, I, I put my hand up for that one. Maybe you've lost control of your peace. 
Uh, at this time, you're like, you're normally just so calm, but man, I've just, I've got such a short fuse at the moment. Maybe, you know, even more seriously, you're feeling like you're losing control of your finances or even your health. Um, you know, when, when, when we lose control, we're always asking this, this question, you know, will I be able to regain control and come back strong from this moment, from losing control. Let me tell you a story about a group of guys. These were Jesus' disciples that lost control of where they were heading. And the start of the sequence of events that led to this loss of control for them is now known as Palm Sunday. And it's, uh, it, it's situated a week before Easter Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem and to the disciples, it seemed like the whole city was giving Him a standing ovation, you know, to honour Jesus. People had laid out their clothes, they had laid out palm branches on the road to welcome Him as He made this triumphant entry to the city. And it was actually common practice um, to do this when you welcome home like a, a king or a war hero or a, an Olympian, you know, like you would lay out a path of palm branches to celebrate their arrivals. And so, and so the disciples, they're, they're feeling pretty pumped at this moment. Jesus is going to be king, right? And, and a couple of them had even been uh, arguing, the Bible says, about who would sit on the throne next to him. And, and, and they must have been anticipating, you know, that they were going to be the elite in his kingdom. But you probably know the story. Less than a week later, this triumphant entry has been turned into a complete train wreck. And Jesus's life had been taken uh, and, and no one knew what was going to happen from that moment. And everyone who was following him, you know, they were just involved in this major course correction and what they didn't know, though, was that God actually had a much bigger plan, a bigger hope for humanity than their short-sighted aspirations. And the story that they were a part of was far bigger, actually, than what they had realized. Check this out. Thousands of years before, God had instructed Israel through Moses to honour events right throughout the year that were points of celebration and remembrance. And two of these events actually happened within, within one week of each other. They were known as the Passover, that was the first event, and then the second one was the first fruits offering. So the first event, let me just tell you a little bit about this just quickly. It says that the, the first time that this event occurred was uh, while Israel was actually in captivity in Egypt. And the Passover was remembered because the firstborn son of every Israelite family was actually saved from the angel of death at this time. And they were saved because they placed the blood of a lamb over their door frames and doorways of their homes. And incredibly, Christ was crucified on the same day that this Passover event occurred. You know, the second event that was celebrated that week was actually called the First Fruits Offering. And this was about honouring. People would honour God with the first portion of the harvest. They would take their produce and give it to the priests to honour God with what He had done. And it's amazing, actually. The word First Fruits in Hebrew, this means promise to come. Promise to come. And this was to be celebrated three days after 
the Passover took place. You know, the Passover where the angel of death came over. And this date was actually the 17th of Nisan. And Nisan is a, is a month in the Jewish calendar. And so the incredible thing about this is that this very day, the 17th, is actually shared by seven other significant events that happen in the Bible. I just want to mention just three of them today. Uh, it's recorded that the Noah's Ark came to rest on Mount Ararat on this date. It's also recorded that Israel crossed the Red Sea, you know, out of slavery, out of Egypt uh, on the 17th. The resurrection of Jesus happened on the 17th of Nisan, the day of the first fruits offering. And, and it's kind of like, I believe it's, it's like God is trying to tell the world how much, you know, how He loves actually a great comeback story, how much He loves us, how much He is the God of the second chance. And this moment of the resurrection story is actually captured in the Gospel of Mark when Jesus, His followers, entered into the empty tomb and, and to see where He had been laying. And it says this, that they saw a young man dressed in a white robe. Whoa, and this was actually an angel. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, He said. You're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid Him. See, the disciples that endured this complete loss of control, this total loss of hope as they watched Jesus' death, but their part in the story was not lost. They would be included in Christ's incredible comeback story. Let me share a testimony with you. This week, I was just talking with someone that was totally arrested by the grace of God. And she was actually at the point of losing all hope. And we're just going to call her Kathy for, um, for this testimony. You know, false allegations had been laid against her months ago. And she was doing her best, actually, to trust God. But unfortunately, she was given the worst kind of news while sitting in her car on the side of the road uh, in Rangiora. And she was completely devastated as she read this news. And she was overwhelmed and began to have uh, a panic attack. And as she was crying her eyes out, she was unable to catch her breath. Out of nowhere, a woman that had just been walking past, she had never met this lady before, just came over to her car window and began to pray for her. And Kathy said that as this woman prayed, an incredible presence of peace filled her car. And the atmosphere around her that had been totally full of anxiety and fear totally changed and was replaced with peace and joy. Just while she was sitting there on the side of the road. And this actually happened a couple of weeks ago. And she goes on to say that this atmosphere of joy and peace has not left her as she has continued to process through a really difficult time. And I want to just tell you today that the grace of God is available for you. He wants to meet us where we need Him and wherever we need Him, whenever we need Him, He is ready 
to respond to our lives. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, that He has our comeback story in mind. And I want to give you an invitation actually today at the end of this message to receive Jesus Christ uh, as the one who would be in the driver's seat of our lives. You know, while we don't always understand why bad things happen to us in life, I want to tell you today that God, He is worthy of our trust. He's a good Father. And Jesus Christ, He is actually the most amazing leader to follow. He is completely trustworthy. He is deeply compassionate. He is totally unshakable. And he is always full of hope. And I want to just spend the next few minutes focusing on each one of these points and invite you to actually receive each one of these as promises from the Spirit of God to you today. The first promise is that he is trustworthy. And the basis of any strong relationship is trust. And I want to just tell you today that following Jesus is not following a religion. It's actually following someone who loves you and who is worthy of our trust. Psalm 100 verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good. His unfailing love endures forever and His faithfulness continues to each generation. This psalmist is declaring that His love endures that his faithfulness continues because he is good. He is good. Do you agree with me when I say, hey, that God is good? Or do you, do you question that, you know, why, if God is good, why is this world full of this virus at this time? Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, these are big questions. And I just want to just give you just a couple of thoughts today. You know, when you think back to what Kathy went through as she received that bad news on the side of the road, you know, it wasn't God who laid false accusations against her. Someone else did. You know, God's given each one of us a free will and, and it's people not God that has led this world to its current reality. You know, I want to tell you as well that God does not give us sickness. He does not give us poverty. The Bible says that actually everyone who came to Jesus was healed. And he said himself, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, God the Father and Jesus are actually not in conflict with each other. They're not working against each other. They are working together to see restoration happen on this planet. You know, and God wants to meet us in the middle of our pain or our loss. Pain just shows us that something needs to be healed, that something is broken. And, you know, God gives us this invitation to go to Him with our pain and allow Him to heal us and lead us into His promises and through the difficulties. So right now, Today, I just pray in this moment that you would have a new understanding of the goodness of God. And Father, we give you thanks today that you are trustworthy in the middle of uncertain times, that you are our provider, that you are dependable, and that you are good. You know, the second promise is of His great compassion towards us. 
In Matthew chapter 11, from the message, it says this, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, once again, he's just urging us to take whatever is heavy to him because he has great compassion towards us. Do you know the Holy Spirit is actually known as the comforter? And whenever we're feeling outside of our comfort zone, he is present. He wants to bring comfort into our lives. And so I pray today that you would know the comfort of the Holy Spirit, that you would know the comfort of His presence around your home and your situation today. The third promise that He wants to give you today is that He is unshakable, that God the Father is unshakable. And because He's unshakable, He wants to fill you with His confidence Psalm 18.31 says, You alone are God, only you are a mighty rock. And so God, we thank you that you are unshakable and you want to give us resilience, unshakable confidence at this time, that you are our way maker and you have not changed your mind about our call or our purposes on this planet. And we declare as well from Hebrews 10 that we are not like those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are like those who believe and are saved. And finally, today, Christ wants to give you the promise of new hope. In Romans 5, verse 5, it says this, And this hope, that is in Christ, is not a disappointing fantasy, because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. You know, so Jesus, maybe you can just make this your own prayer today. Jesus, I take my eyes off my circumstances and I place them on you. And we thank you today, God, that there are no hopely, hopeless, sorry, there are no hopeless situations, only hopeless ways of thinking. And so, God, we just ask for your spirit of hope to fill our minds and help us to see life through the lens of hope. You know, I want to just remind you today that he has, you know, your comeback story in mind. And, you know, it's just basically our belief in Christ Jesus that connects us to Him. And through Him, we can receive these promises for our own lives and our own situation. In 1 John 5, it says, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I want to give you an invitation today to believe in Christ Jesus. You know, believing Him just simply means putting our hope in Him, putting our trust in Him, not being, you know, necessarily sure that we understand everything. But today, you know, God, I just want to follow you. It's very simple. God, I give you my past. I give you my future. I surrender my best effort. And I just say, God, you lead my life. And maybe this is something that you've never done before. Or maybe you've done this before, but you're like today, you're just like, I just want to make this statement again. So I want to pray for you today. And as I pray, I just want to invite you just to make these words your own. Just make these words your own. So let's pray together. 
Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And I believe that on the cross, you received all my sin and all my shame. And today, I believe that you rose to life. I believe that you have set me free. And I believe I'm a new creation in you. Amen. So good to share this message of hope with you today that He is with you in this season. And we are praying for you that you would know the God of all hope at this time. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening.